All right. Looks like we've run into a little bit of technical difficulties. But uh, I, I just have well, an imaginary uh, song that I'm West dancing Bears, to in my head, so it's all well, good. West, Bear, well, West does his impression of Fez in the season eight intro of that 70s show. <laughs> That's a reference there. I was thinking like those dudes oh. from SNL who are like, uh, 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 we're going to take down notice because I'm humming the scene, the <laughs> What is Love by Hathaway. The same old thing we did last week. All right, let's get back into the baseball comp. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Snakes on the Diamond. Featuring myself, Michael McDermott, and Wesley Byer. We're going to be talking about Brandon Fott's impressive start yesterday. And we're going to talk about how good it was, and then also what the future that he has with this team. And we'll talk about how inept the D-backs offense has been this week. And then uh, finish it off with a little bit of a preview of the Twins series. That's how we're going to do it. So anyway, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a like, comment down below if you think it was uh, how awesome Brandon Fott was yesterday and if he should be in next year's rotation. And if you're watching on Twitch, uh, hit the follow button. It's like subscribing on YouTube. It doesn't cost you anything. And next time you're on, you get to see on your left bar, you get to see if we're live again. I have experience with both. Oh. Yeah, I've never used Twitch, so that's oh. new to me. I just realized we're only live on YouTube. <laughs> Think mistakes oh, right, well, let's... oh, well. Mistakes were made today. Oh, well. No one's I perfect. Te- I blame technical difficulties. I guess uh, our Twitch audience will have to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, I guess so. Fought was actually... Fought no actually had a really... Like, he was close to perfect yesterday, other than one real mistake. Uh, unfortunately... He didn't have the offense backing, but that's not his fault. He literally, like, his pitchers don't hit anymore, so it's out of his control. Uh, unless you're, you're or my, my favorite player for the Angels that should have been traded. Um, he, like, I don't see what the big fuss has been about. My goal, people have been acting like the guy's a bust after, or how many starts has he had before this? That was his ninth career start. Ninth career start. Fought. There's a reason why Fott's a top 50 prospect, but obviously there are some flaws in his game that will never, there are flaws in his game that will are pretty much a part of what he does. And the home runs are certainly one of those. Yeah. He, he like this yesterday, he seemed like he, he was one pitch away from immaculate and in for one. Um, just overall, I was very impressed by his uh, his start yesterday. Like his pitch selection, his location, like a really uh, that one inning. There were three hard hit balls. Those are the hardest hit balls of the whole game. Um, that could have been. I mean, that could have been much worse if we didn't have Carroll uh, yeah, backing like, him up and right like out. Five or there was like three or four of them that were like a hundred plus, and they were hit right at Corbin Carroll. Yeah, perfect person to hit it too. Um, but- no, I'm talking like an atom ball where any right fielder would have caught it, in my opinion. Maybe one where Carroll makes a play where somebody else doesn't. Yeah, there was the one on the running catch seemed like it it uh it definitely was aided by his range. Um really like what are your what are your thoughts on uh his the difference between 
Like, why, what is he doing differently in this start versus uh, in the past? Like, when he was struggling at first, he was, you know, called up initially. So we look, we're going to look up his pitch usage here. So yesterday, 84 pitches. He threw 33 sweepers, which is his best pitch. He had a really good feel for it. He was able to throw it to both sides of the plate against lefties. That's kind of that's his bread and butter pitch. If he has command of it, he's going to do fine. I also like that he incorporated the changeup a little bit more. I think more. I think he's more comfortable throwing the changeup because of the uh, improved art, the improved angle from starting from first base as opposed to third. You're going to see that pitch more against left-handed hitters, and that's going to it's going to start at it's going to start more at them. More, I guess you can say more down the middle. It starts down the middle and won't end up there. It's more hittable yeah. out of the hand. And I say looks, I don't mean it. it's more hittable. It's a lot. But I also think, I think he had a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say it's, he had a little it's notable. Bit more. The one pitch was the four-seam fastball that that uh, the home run put. Home run was uh, was on a fourteen fastball, so it seems cent- like hitters. What was it? I was saying it was a center cut ninety four mile ninety three mile an hour heater. Yeah, um, I I think that's like the only that's kind of what they've done in the past is sit on his his four seamer, uh, and you know I you'd mentioned before of him ditching uh, one of his pitches, and I don't think that's necessary. <clears throat> I think he just it's really. Uh, I mean, yesterday had a good game plan. I mean, it just seemed like he was very efficient. Um, the first three innings, like, blew by. I I stepped outside, <laughs> stepped outside for just a moment to take my dog out, and I missed, like, two innings. So, um, he's he looked great. I don't – it's really, like, much better pitch selection. Moving over, like you said, he's not uh, leaving as many pitches down the middle. Um, he looked like a, a very solid – at the minimum, middle of the rotation starter, like you know, two or three. Not, as, I mean, there's some ace level kind of stuff there. If he can, he can kind of maintain that, the poise he has on the mound and the kind of approach that he had yesterday. I don't think he has the necessarily the fastball quality to be an ace, in my opinion. But I do think he's got a good, he's got a, a legitimate four pitch mix, and I feel like he doesn't use his curveball enough. That I, the few times they threw it yesterday, I was impressed with how. He was able to throw it, and throw it not only to the back door to lefties, but also off the back foot, throwing that back foot curveball. That's a, I think that's yeah. an underrated pitch in his arsenal because if he can throw that, if he can consistently command that pitch, it makes his changeup better because they have to be cognizant of the fact the ball might be coming toward ball in that tunnel could be a breaking ball and it's going towards the back foot. Oh yeah, it absolutely makes his other pitches better. I think uh, it's a fine line between like using a pitch like that, like effectively, and then like overusing it to the point where like, you know, it's because I mean, that's, I mean, obviously his fastball, like, yeah, that's really the one thing that's keeping him from uh, like probably top of the rotation stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not going to throw out examples like Craig, Craig Maddox. uh, That's a poor example, but um like that, just like he managed to get by, which is like, you know, tremendous pitch selection, like, you know, like wide range of stuff and very, very good control, which he and showed great control yesterday. Very friendly, very friendly strike zone. Um, I also was kind of impressed by just his fielding during the game, like very quick on his feet. Uh, was it the, there was a slow, like a, 
trying to remember the play, but like there was he an just bunt against him, and they fielded it. Yeah, it was a bunt, and he casually yeah. tossed over the first base like he was an infielder. Yeah, I was very impressed by that. Like that, that like uh, third baseman fielding that. Yeah, he he really is a. I think that his defense is uh, impressive for a pitcher. Like usually, it's not something you worry about too much, other than like the ball coming right back at you. But uh, with a guy like that. Uh, and with the ch- rule changes, I would imagine he's going to see a lot more bunts. Like it's good that he like knows how to field them. I think we'll see. F- I don't know if we'll see more bunts. I'm pretty sure some advanced scout says fields position adequately. Yeah, Minimum. probably. You know, he he does. He's adequate defensively. I uh, there's obviously that's a small sample size of one game, so not really much to base it on. Um, there's definitely a trend though in his numbers of like they're going in the right direction. He's improved you know, on each start so far, the last few, uh, his last few starts. So there's really just great signs all around. Like we talked about that yesterday. Like, you know, is this, is this him, you know, finally adjusting to the league, you know, and uh, he's really got, you know, it's, it's his feet on level ground right now, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, or is he like a breakout? I think it's kind of, kind of leaning towards breakout based on yesterday's oh. start. Breakout or more like the picture we thought we were getting is finally here. I mean, that's that's probably a better way to put it. Um, he's living up to the potential he's shown as a prospect. Absolutely, um, you know. I mean, it could. Uh, hopefully, it is a breakout. That would be fantastic if we had a third pitcher to actually count on. I mean, like just we all know, like one of the biggest issues consistently is like just the back of the rotation. Uh, I was going to say, if Brandon Fott reaches the ceiling, it's going to be better than any pitcher that D-backs could have picked up at this year's trade deadline. Oh, absolutely. Um, then it's also true for yeah. Sacconi, but Sacconi's probably not a guy I'm consist- I'm looking to rely on necessarily for 24 as I would be for Fott. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a similar position as Nelson or Jameson this year where uh, I don't, think it's fair to expect him like first of all he doesn't have the pedigree that uh the thought has he uh he's gonna need like i'm just his stuff and his over he's gonna need some time to to adjust to the major league i don't think he's really gonna be uh that if he is at all the starter that you can count on uh i think he's got a higher ceiling than thought based on stuff but right now yeah i count on on thought more than chaconi yeah thought's closer to his ceiling well, that was because yeah. Fott was always a floor, not a well. He always yeah. had a, he was always a floor guy necessarily when he first um, came up through the minor leagues in twenty one. We thought of him as a floor guy, but then twenty two showed his ceiling, and it's like, oh, he has a he's not just a high floor guy. He's got a high, a pretty relatively high ceiling too. So yeah, uh, like we've talked about, like he absolutely mm-hmm. dominated in in hitting leagues, like hitters leagues that uh, you don't expect a guy with like his his kind of stuff and velocity to dominate like that. Like, yeah, he still had the same problem he had now, which is like giving up home runs, <laughs> but his stuff like more that's than adequate. Yes. His stuff looked more, yeah, his more his than adequate. It was more than enough. I, I mean, but who does like we've talked about, like who doesn't give up home runs in Reno or Amarillo or any of these, you know, teams on the, the Western half of the United States that are either really dry, hot or all, you know, all the above. Yeah. And uh, altitude, so I mean, this is. I think he's really like he's someone we can count on. I would count on him at this point. Even keep keep this kind of momentum going. I, uh, 
you want that's what you want to see really if you like, really if you want to count on him what i'd like to see is have him uh put a few more quality starts i mean he could he's an asset down the down you know the the playoff race certainly have one more pitcher you can count on hopefully i always throw in caveats because i don't want to jinx it but uh we'll see even and even if the d-backs offense can't carry them into the play it playoffs is like brandon fought developing into their number th- number three or four starter that's a huge development for 24 that's where all the chips go in the table 24 Hayden's, yeah absolutely gonna go all in on 24 i mean i think that uh, i no i really think that the d-backs arrived early um this year uh, they really weren't ready for prime time uh if you're old because that reference <clears throat> More like but, this yeah, is no, I just think another step in the right direction, and we yeah we got fooled by the we got fool's gold early in the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, hopefully, like you know, like I mean, really, uh, if he can, if we can count on Jaconi and Fott, uh next season, like that's I really don't they don't make that many types. I wouldn't count on them necessarily. I'd like to see uh, Hazen go out and acquire. Uh, like yeah, another, at least, if they need to get another starting pitcher, they need to make upgrades to the offense. I mean, yesterday, it was anemic. I This is one of the worst offensive performances I've seen by the Diamondbacks this year. I was going to say, they need to make moves with the offense just to keep it as good as this year's overall numbers, not necessarily the last month. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, they're going to have to. I think there are some real questions about, um, like we know uh, Guriel is going to be gone at the end of the season. I would not. People talk about extending them. It's crazy. Crazy. Don't do that. Uh, I would actually – is Tommy Pham going to – is he signed for next year? No. No, okay. Otherwise, so he's he's still be, otherwise he would have gotten more than – well, actually, the Mets got a pretty good return, in my opinion, if you believe in Jeremy Rodriguez's ceiling. Yeah, I don't know enough about him as a prospect, really. I don't know. Like, I mean, he's such that's such a young player that it's like, like it's like the okay. If it turns out to be a Fernando Tatis Jr. trade, here, let's just have a reminder that Fernando Tatis Jr. was not a highly rated prospect at that point. He it's the exact same situation. Well, yes, the exact same at the time of the yeah. trade. I think he played like forty games at most. He had, he barely played in short season, uh, like complex league or. Uh, that was before the minors were changed, so I'm not sure what level he initially started at. But the point there is that, like, Jeremy Rodriguez is like a non, like he's. We talk about how uh, Christopher Torin or Yancel uh, Luis. Uh, Luis. They they're like they're actual prospects for someone that age, okay? And even then, you're not going to count on them. So I mean, if they turn out to be bust, that's not a surprise. If they turn out to be great, that's you know. I just don't, you don't count on that at this point. Um, it really like, that's, that's not a trade. Like even if that goes south where he, Jeremy Rodriguez breaks out and he becomes a hall of famer still would take that trade. If it, you know, if it, you know, helps us make playoffs, if it doesn't, then, you know, that's the way that the cookie crumbles. Like trading Yohan Duran for Eduardo Escobar. Of course, the Escobar trade looks better because he resigned. Yeah. Uh, that actually was really that was one of the trades that I really did not like at the time. And then like, I knew D-backs he had the have best a healthy third baseman when they made that trade. Yeah. 
But the thing is, I would not they make that trade. Boom, Lamb's season is done. Yeah, no, I. It's true. Uh, in the context of the season, I I do that trade every time. And they were um, in first place when they made that trade. But Dur- Duran had the best stuff in the system at he the was time. In, but he was in rookie ball. Yeah, he's in rookie ball. Complex. This is exactly the point. He would have been the equivalent of a complex prospect. Yeah, so you don't you don't worry about that and something like that. Because it's like like these guys are so far off. Like uh he's nineteen, I think. Um I would be surprised if he's in the majors by twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. When we talk about the two other guys that kind of broke out of the complex here, when we talk about Luis and Torian, uh, yeah, those aren't necessarily prospects that teams at the deadline were targeting. They were targeting guys that were much closer. Yeah, Mets were the guys that yeah. were, Mets were the one team that were going after high ta- uh, high ceiling lottery tickets. Yeah, that was the one like trend of tickets. that. Of their, um, I mean, the best player they acquired was. Uh, Acuna, little brother, uh, Luis. Yeah, getting Acuna for Scherzer was pretty. It was a pretty good get, especially yeah. since you're facilitating that trade by eating money. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting way. Like that's. I don't think a team's really done that where they're just like, here, take this guy out, give some money, so it's not a big deal, and then you give us somebody actually good. Basically, what Cohen did. Um, You know, I, uh, no, I, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, but uh, it's just an interesting, it's going to be interesting how the Mets shake, shake out, like how this all works out in the long run, because it's really, he's, it's amazing to me that a billionaire owner was like, oh, I screwed up. Let's make some moves and go about it differently. Like that is, and you mean I, buying prospects. Yeah, it's like buying prospects like that. That's just like not, Really done. The Dodgers do that. All the I time. can't think of examples. The, the Dodgers, Dodgers, the Dodgers have done that for a the long Dodgers time. The Dodgers have turned um, that into an art form under the Andrew Braves, kind of a little bit. Not so much with the Braves. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, the Rays no, too, the obviously. Braves, the Braves. The, Rays. Their, the Braves did not make trades to get their prospects. They just scouted better than everybody else. They draft them. The Braves have the best international scouting of any. Of any team in the league, I think they just had the best scouting department in my in opinion yeah, on both ends. Probably, like, sh- um, like uh, you should talk about you should talk about it. Uh, we should talk about it at some point next time in the draft rolls around. But uh, future value is definitely a must read. The book that was written by now he works for uh, ESPN. Kylie McDaniel actually worked in that Braves scouting department. And there's okay, yeah, I do. Some, I do need to read that. Some stories of his experience there in there with the draft t- chapter, which is chapter two. Like I said, it's probably the best chapter in the book, in my opinion. But then again, I'm always a prospect guy. So I'm going to have to see if I can find that in my library. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's really the uh, Ted Turner. Actually, when he when he bought the, the team, like when the team was built to be competitive in the 90s, um, the way they did it is they overhauled the drafting, drafting and scouting department. I mean, when you look at the the core that they put, the cores that they put together, it is very, very good. I would love the, the Dynamax if we had a great owner who would do best more in scouting, more in it. Like, to their credit, the Dynamax have been putting more money in international prospects over the last five, ten years. 
If you look but, at that uh, brace, there's, some, it, there's teams that don't at all. We could be down in fortune to have a team that doesn't do that. Say, if you look at those braces in the 90s, they had the number one overall pick in 1990, and that guy turned into a Hall of Famer. Chipper? Yep. Yeah, Chipper Jones like, was number like, one overall like, pick in the 90 draft. Pretty good like, draft which, pick. Which, which Hall of Famer? That's the, that's the thing about uh, the Braves. Is they're, they're that good. Uh, that Probably one of the best rotations ever assembled in uh, 90, yeah. 90, what was it, 96? Or 97, whatever year they, 95. They, Whenever they, they won a, the World Series. A shrewd train to pick up John Smoltz from the Tigers. Yeah, and getting Maddox from the Cubs. Because he was a prospect. Yeah, that is uh, just uh, a master class. Of, like, I would love to read. Uh, Mike Maddox was a free agent signing, if I remember correctly. Was he? I think yeah, he actually might have been. I'm going to pull it up. Greg Maddox barely spent any time in the minors. Yeah, Greg Maddox. That's what I said. It's a really bad example to compare Brandon Fott to Greg Maddox. But yeah, Greg Maddox signed with the Braves as a free agent. You forget that he pitched forever. The, I mean, this is a really, really bad comp because they're out there. But twenty three seasons. Brandon Fott and his like hundred percentile is like a Greg Maddox, in my opinion. Wonder how much they spent he could to be. Get Maddox. Like he won the first of four Cy Youngs before he went to the Braves. Yes, yeah, he did. He did sign as a a free agent. Been top, it had to be like twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight million five years. That's a lot of money for uh, that. How, how much would that be? Yeah, Multiply by ten for today's dollars. Well, I'm just wondering with inflation what it would uh 280. Five two eighty at a minimum, probably more. If you had prime Greg Maddox at free agency in today's with today's dollars. That's so like sixty mil that's sixty million with inflation. Um yeah, no, he would get that's he's easily coming off the stretch he had with the Cubs. Um he would uh, the fact we got Randy Johnson to sign for what he did, that's one of the best deals. Like, those two deals are the Randy two Johnson best contracts or pitchers ever. I'm talking about later. I'm saying uh, Maddox initially, like those those two deals, uh, Randy Johnson uh, with Diamond Max, his first free agent, you know, he signed his free agent, and, and Maddox's deal with the Braves are the two best contracts that a, a team has gotten a pitcher to sign, an ace pitcher. Like the value return on those is insane. Uh, you know, we're at the point now this team is – Actually, not that far off from, uh, you know, other teams have sustained success, but we really just need to, need need to get, like, make going. trades. They need to keep the talent going. We need to keep – I'm glad they didn't make any crazy deals. Um, yeah, the, market, the market was unreasonable to pick up a starting pitcher. I don't know yeah, what the Dodgers paid for Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm curious. I think that'll come out eventually, but uh, I heard that they were going to give up a lot. Yeah. So uh, th- that would have broken the market for uh, starting pitching if it happened, actually. I mean, the um, Giolito trade basically sent the opening salvo that was going to be a ba- bad trademark. Yeah. I want to check that video out. We published that last week. Did the Angels ruin the trade market for everybody else? Kind of, yeah. But there wasn't really anyone available. That's the real problem. Is this, With the uh, expanded uh, playoffs, there's more teams 
in it later in the season. Like they're or still thinking. I think it's more the or fact thinking that they are. Nobody, there's no outside of the Braves. There's no real Braves and Dodgers. No one really a surefire playoff team. I think Philadelphia is yeah. the closest of the the group that's in the, that's in the mix. But that's the because one they had that, went on a postseason run last year, and you're back. Yeah, that's they. That's, that's so they kind, kind of a, earned that a, respect. They they earned that. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, the real thing is like all the the teams that ha- like start off the this the season really hot have come back to earth. The Rays, the Ray are the are the Rays even in first place anymore? Or are they in in no. second now after the Orioles? Yeah, exactly. The Orioles really didn't do much in the trade market for the same reason D backs didn't do in the starting pitching market. It's like uh, yeah, they had they had the pro- prospects to get whoever they want. It's just they're not going to trade for a re- they're not going to trade them for a rental. All of them for a rental. Yeah, Fla- Flaherty had an impressive uh, debut with the Orioles, though. I was kind of actually impressed by it. Orioles have a better team behind them than the Cardinals did. Yeah, much better catcher. Ali Rushman is excellent well, at calling Ali games. Rushman, I would say, has a coin flip chance of making the Hall of Fame when his career is over. Absolutely. Um, if he stays healthy. Uh, and he stays healthy, keeps playing at the level he is. It's not unreasonable. Yeah, he'll, yeah, that's, a, yeah that's actually... It's a very good call. I'd say it's like 50-50. I haven't right seen now. a player have that much potential. impact on a franchise since Buster Posey. That's the comp yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Buster Posey is really like the only... I mean, Maurer, when he was a catcher, kind of similar. But I think Posey is a much better game caller than uh I, bl- I bring Maurer, Posey because so. he's more recent. And also, D-backs more recent, know yeah. who Buster Posey is. Yeah, I didn't know Joe Mauer. People forget how good he was. And he wasn't that even like it's only D-back's next opponent. Although, uh, yeah, so yeah, Mauer with Quinn. It's probably because he's a Minnesota player. We don't really like, I I didn't know. This is a sad thing to admit, but I did not know the Kansas City Royals or the Minnesota Twins were still teams when I became a baseball fan. Like, I heard the Royals, like, when they like were. They, they had that little breakout in 03 where they were good because of luck. And I was like, the Royals are still a team? Then they won a World Series. Uh, so, yeah, they, I'm they not biased at all. We're Madison Bumgarner away from back-to-back. Yeah, my that's why my one of my best friends hates Madison Bumgarner because he uh, really uh, screwed his team. Yeah, uh, he's not happy as he's not happy as a Royals fan right now. I mean, they're they've won six in a row and they're still on pace for only a fifty, like a fifty-two, a fifty and one hundred and ten losses, something like that, hundred twelve losses. That's nice. Tweeted before that franchise needs a reset button. Yeah, really, they really, really do. Uh, it, like the people die pockets. Their best they need to stop the team. Not good. What? Is just now showing the potential that he like you know it's, it's similar similar thing he did not live up to the potential at first of it like he didn't have the breakout it's early, it's we, ex- early, we expected a Corbin Carroll like expecting Cor- like Corbin Carroll level breakout from a prospect unrealistic yes. especially hitting the ground running Carroll's exceeded expectations this year I thought it would take him two years to get to where he is now yeah he I did not expect him to immediately like be a game changer in terms of like, I mean, he's very, that's not something that you should expect out of any top prospect. Um, Wit, if you look at his numbers, the last 
like since June 30th. They are like what I expected before he started playing. Uh, he has oh, been it's just like now. Re- imagine what will happen. Yeah, he. Locks. Imagine that's that three war is after uh, a really bad month and a half start season. Yeah, Two months. You look, if you look at his game logs, he was very bad. And I uh, he, he's, he's I have looked in like around my I was looking like I think it was like late May or uh, early June and his uh, WRC plus was like 80, 86, 85. And he was at like just neutral war. So all that has been since like like since then, which is what really says to me the guy's broken out. Um, yeah. What's their best player? All the other good players that they're counting on are on the, the injured list. Perez like uh, MJ. Mal- yeah. Sal- Salvi should have been traded Miami. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Or, uh, figure out the retirement plan because I don't think, I don't think Kansas city has the balls has the guts to trade them. They don't. The, the, the ownership in Kansas city is a joke. It's been a joke for a long time. They do just enough to like. I mean, yes, they to their to their credit, they did you know come they close to winning two two World Series back to back. I mean, they're very very. I mean, that's accomplishment. Our team hasn't done shit. Anyone since. except Bumgarner in Game Seven of the 2014 World Series in Kansas City has a has back to back title. They could have back to back titles. Although I don't would know the if they won in 15 if they won in 14. Would the Diamondbacks have signed Madison Bumgarner? If he had had a horrible, horrible start, that start, and the, the Royals went back to back. If you're talking about they they bad game seven or yeah. bad game five, um, would they wouldn't have gone to they wouldn't have gone to seven games if he had a bad, bad game five, so game seven. But you can you go with either one. I don't think it's a bad I game. I don't think it would have mattered as much. Oh, I think it, pretty... it's on the lust, the luster on Madbum yeah. was that he was a, a multiple World Series winner. Uh, MVP. He was, you know, MVP. He really like has shut down our team regularly offensively. Uh, like we, you know, I've he was a great pitcher when he was with the Giants. Um, until that dirt bike accident. Until the dirt. Till uh, he. Uh, that's just that. The, Madison Bumgarner just he just every story I hear about the man is he's just very like he dated someone named also named Madison Bumgarner which is the weirdest thing anyone could do well at least he didn't marry her like Taylor Clark married oh yeah 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 that's that's I actually had talked to Taylor Clark and he's like yeah I was a little weird at first Clark is actually (laughs) from my hometown Although I don't think we would have gotten huh. the same, born the same year as me. I don't think we would have gotten the same school though. Mm, probably not. Ash, well, Ashburn wasn't that big back then. It is a lot bigger from what I remember in 2007. I haven't been there since. Talking about Ashburn, Virginia. That's where I'm originally. That's where I'm originally from. Ashburn. I am from Arizona. I'm a native Arizona. I'm from Tucson. I've lived ninety, like ninety percent of my life here. I've lived um, two thirds of my life here. Actually, whatever. I uh, moved here when I was nine. I moved to San Francisco for like six months. I'm going to move back. It wasn't 
wasn't my, it wasn't the city I want to live in. That's just, uh, it was right before the housing bubble got really bad. So it was 2012. And, um, wouldn't I like really Arizona more? Yeah, it got, we got even worse. Like I actually lived in a pretty decent, like Knob Hill, which is a pretty good neighborhood. It just like rent was unaffordable. I could not find a place. Uh, even like, getting like, a good job at like tech company and moving over to like, you know, say I was at a startup, moved over to tech company, couldn't afford it. Uh, walk through the tenderloin every day. And it is like the wildest stuff you have ever seen. It is not friendly for YouTube to talk about. I'll have to throw up the stories on my channel or something, yeah, but nice uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great ballpark. Love it's it. Destination. Only really nice thing in the city. Oracle Park is a destination ballpark if you ever wanted to watch the D-backs on the road. Yeah. You know, actually, Kauffman Stadium is beautiful, too. I hate to say it. Like, say it. That's the one of the one things about the Royals, and I think that might be. It's a dis- the incentives for some owners and teams. Like, when you have fans come out regardless uh, because the ballpark's nice. Like, we talked about the Rockies, the Giants, thankfully. Like, they, they're going to be in a have a, Padres, probably a bigger Petco Park's a nice place to go to. Yeah, yeah, Petco is a beautiful stadium. Um, I think that there's like there for some for some owners, it's a, it's it doesn't they're making money regardless. Like why spend on the team? And um, we don't really <laughs> Diamondbacks need wanna, to spend money in. Well, Ken. Well, if you if you want to, I was saying going on the road. If you have a Ken Kendrick vendetta, it's like. Don't go to a home game. You can always go to a road game. Somebody else yeah. gets the the majority of the money. Oh, he still gets revenue sharing. So yeah. either way, well, that happens whether you go or not. So don't feel guilty. Yeah, it happens either way. Um, so going to um, looking at the preview of the Twins. Uh, what do you think their chances of winning this series are if they weren't on this like offensive? If the offense slump? shows up, I could see them winning two or three. Easily, but of yeah, course, I mean, you never. They're really never mediocre. Know. All the yeah, AL Central teams are very mediocre. Imagine the Diamondbacks. Imagine the D-backs be. Imagine the D-backs were in first and second place in that division. That's how uh, it is. They, okay, were, let me D-backs see. The, the Twins. Twice. The Twins are in first place. Twins are Their in first record place. is fifty-six and fifty-four. So the Diamondbacks would be first place in their division. And Cleveland elected to sell. They would be they up by one game. Games out. Yeah, I don't. Well, I think that's what Sell is kind of loosely saying it. Obviously, they're trading a starting pitcher with expire with uh, starting to expire control. Obviously, but because uh, Savoli has two more years after this one, they're more like they bought on the prospect they picked up. Manzardo is more likely to be a difference maker for them long term than uh, yeah. Savali. Well, I mean, three of those teams are like okay. The Royals obviously are thirty five and seventy five, not a great team. Uh, White Sox are they just blew up their team. They're forty three and sixty seven. That's they only traded their entire pitching staff. No, I said um, they traded their expiring pitching staff. Okay. He's the only one that was controllable beyond this year. Yeah. Uh, and the Tigers are kind of sold a little bit too. So all those games are under five. All uh, Guardians are under 500 too. So the Twins play in probably the weakest division in the league. 
I, I think this is like they could. This could hopefully this is the series I'll turn around for the yeah. Diamondbacks. At least in the NL Central, the Reds have shown up to at least give Milwaukee a run for their money when they don't yeah, play each the other. Re- yeah, the Reds are an exciting young team. There's really the Twins. I have not <laughs> looked at anything about their roster. All I know is Carlos Correa ended up back on the Twins, but he hasn't he's been very good this year. Having the season they hoped for. I don't know if he's having um, a legitimately bad season. Okay, yeah, nice. I don't know. He's having a legitimately bad season. Is what? Eighty-eight OPS plus. That's not good. That's not good. When you somebody stuck out with Carlos Correa. Um, then again, his ankle is me not paper mache, so uh, got to worry about that. Yeah, this is a winnable series. I don't see why they, they shouldn't win this series. They should, we should at least take two out of three. Um, yeah, the offense is they can't win if they don't score runs. So and uh, I don't know, I don't know what's going to take for them to turn that around. So the bats you kind of have to pay attention to, I think, when you look at the starters. Uh, prospect Edward Julian, obviously. I saw him in the fall league. The guy absolutely mashes. So he's a guy that you kind of have to pay. Kind of, He's a guy you have to circle in the lineup. It's like, okay, get the guy out in front of him out. Get the guy behind him out. So, he just, so if he does hit a home run off you, they're solo shots. So today... Uh, Merrill Kelly versus Bailey Ober. Um, there are he has a lot of... best ER, he, ha- he has the best ERA of the starters. Um, so he's like the one like that should be a ken- a, a competitive game. Uh, Ken Maeda is he's got like a he's comparable. I could go either way. It's coin flip in terms of who's the better pitcher, and then Ryan Nelson. And uh, is it just a two game series? Three. Yeah, three game. Okay, um, and then Gallon versus Pablo Lopez. Uh, Gallon hasn't really been uh, himself been since the All Star break. He hasn't been that great, re- uh, you know, reasons he buys. But you know, hopefully, he can turn around against the lineup. And Pablo Lopez has been. It's like he's getting banged by the home run ball with guys on base now. Yeah, or that's the real the thing. Break. They were mostly solo shots. Yeah, he's been a little more hittable. Um, like, you know, hopefully he can turn that around. I mean, that's why that's why we watch the game. Um, but this this is a this is a series that we should at least take two out of three. Because I'm looking at the Twins uh, they, lineup, there isn't a lot of. There's not a lot of thump. No, there's plenty of thump in that lineup. It's just they don't get on base a lot. Well, they don't get a lot of hit. It's well, a it's a feast or famine team. They ranked in strike. Okay, so they are dead last in the AL in strikeouts. Or no, is that strike? Yeah, strikeouts. They are third in walks, so they do walk. Just don't hit for average. They just don't hit for average because they are they strike out a lot. Okay, so it's a very feast or famine kind of team. I do like this. And this, they're fifth in home runs, so they do get. Although they don't have a guy with more, their best home run hitter has 17. That's between Gal and Buxton, two low average, high slug hitters. Although Buxton obviously has, actually Buxton isn't playing much outfield these days. I guess yeah, he's kind of did him in. Yeah, it's caught it's caught up with him. It's it's I like we we've mentioned Byron Buxton before. Like he really uh, 
could he's like the one he's gonna be the big what if of uh like what if this guy was healthy what we would done um he's healthy right now so he's a guy that you do have to you know worry about in the lineup yeah their their offense seems very streaky just looking at the names and it like uh mike taylor is very streaky hitter um all the war the, the they're they don't have a player uh within uh war above position player with the war above two one above one point Jefferson's a catcher. Yeah. Their backup catcher so like, better than a normal catcher. Yeah, I just, just don't see why they could, they couldn't win this, Michael. So, I mean, if the Diamondbacks get swept on this, they're done. They're cooked. Well, they're cooked anyway, but. I, I mean, officially cooked in my opinion. That's, uh, they get swept this series. They're, they're at 500 or below 500, I think. They'd be at 500, I think. They're at what fifty seven fifty four right now? Yeah, yeah uh, about, they've lost. We're ta- then we'll be talking about a sub five hundred season. I think if they can't beat Minnesota, yeah, that's kind of, that's what that looks like to me. It looks like that this is the um, I mean, it's like really just depends on how you look at it. I mean, you could look at it like the failure of the season, or you could look at it as uh, you know, that the, they've gotten the, the the lumps out of the way. They you know can learn from. You know, they can learn from the experience. So, um, so if you, you want know, to go saying Mike, you're positive, or we could go by Mike Hazen's definition because uh, that's whose opinion matters the most. So he's so in February he said they want to be aggressive buyers at the deadline. Okay, they bought at the deadline. Part one complete. Part one success. Yep. And he wanted the team to be competitive at the end of the season, and that's a question mark. Because the team is in a really bad... He's playing some very bad baseball right now. So, at best, you can say the season was half successful. If yeah. If not competitive in September. I mean, the, the way I would define competitive is, like, you get a playoff spot. So, you don't get a playoff yeah, spot. I, I was even competitive if, means you're battling until the end. I would say... Yeah. If you're in the race until the very end, you're not eliminated until, until like the last, last three or four games. Season, season's a success. Um, if they're about 500... It's a success. If they're below 500, I'd say no. 84 wins, I think, has to be the benchmark. They would be one game over one game over 500 if they lost the series. They're 57 and 53, so they'd be 57, 56. Uh, like at one point, what they were like 15, 16 games over 500. It's three in a row after 57. 50. So, um, yeah, which is just that's just terrible. Um, obviously, kind of. Kills either either of our enthusiasm, but we'll have to do our best to to keep at it and follow this team. But we may expand to talking about some other teams. At that There'll be plenty of time to talk about uh, the rest of the baseball when the postseason rolls along. Yeah, that's really what I think we'll be postseason doing. Arizona uh, Fall League, but mostly postseason. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting little stretch here. I, I really, like, I'm really hoping they can turn it around. Um, I watch the I watch the game tonight. I can actually do that. So, um, hoping for a Merrill Kelly quality start because D backs are nine and two when he does that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I hope Gallon turns around as well. I mean, both of them have been. Uh, I mean, Gallon like Gallon really... start. The problem is, is he got the problem is the timing of when he gave up those runs was bad. Yeah. 
like it was one case where it's like drip, 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 it wouldn't be as, as problematic. It's the problem was he yeah, was getting, the team and scored two runs to make it three nothing, and then he gave up three. He got the first two. He got two outs on two pitches to start at the bottom of the sixth, and then got slammed for three runs out like that. Yeah, yeah. All, all your momentum is lost there. Like, I mean, you can you can battle back from from that, but like, well, there's a certain point where it doesn't. Yeah, you can battle back from your grip. You can't battle from like getting curb stomped um, by the by the opposing offense, and it's kind of. I mean, yesterday there like it really I just wasn't quality contact. Uh, there were like a few hard hit balls that were hit right at someone, so bad luck there. Uh, but just the at bats did not seem like very competitive, and uh, like other than like Carol, obviously, like you said, we. You mentioned before, like the rookie wall. Um, he's still, he's still battling. He's still like even in a slump. He's probably the team's best hitter, which is saying a lot. Yeah, let's just say when Tell Martinez is out of the lineup, you lose your most consistent bat, and it's just Guriel has a history of inconsistency, and then Walker isn't that far removed from having a bad season. Yeah, he's, he's having a good uh, season. Where is he Overall. at now? I'm- for, he's been playing. He's been hitting fairly well the last two years. Christian Walker has had a very, a very successful career for a guy that was perpetually blocked with two organizations and was called up at like what twenty eight. Yeah, I didn't 29? get his chance until twenty eight, age twenty eight season. Yeah, so I mean, he he's eked out a pretty. I have no complaints about Christian Walker, regardless. Because I mean, he's... of war since 2019. Yeah, and a positive D war, by the way. Yeah, he's been a much better player. Like that's the thing we always have to keep our mind open when we talk about players, is because Christian Walker might be a guy that like we would write right off, just because oh he's in Reno, uh, everyone hits in Reno. Well, I mean, but, Walker you know, was the MVP. Yeah, he was. He was like just absolutely raking. Um, and it's it's a shame that he was not given a chance until like that late, you know, who know, who, yeah, who, who knows what he would have done if he had, you know, had a normal the career were a good for a minor leader. Yeah. I just think that, oh, I mean, he's had, two po- we got Christian he's had 2.8 war this year. So, I mean, he's at 12 uh, war since 2019. Well, I'm just saying, it's just this year. Season. He's having a, a, a fan graph says he's having a, a down defensive year, but he's still, uh, Defined down. Like okay, so he's okay. So he's. I think he's at plus four defensive run saves. I think Fangrass might be more. Yeah, it, they have him at minus one point two. So, okay, so the metric. So the things agree. Minus one point two is not bad at first base. Minus one point two is actually good for a first baseman. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's that's how they they, they would do that. It's just compared to his previous kind of. Like well, last year it would have been above that. It would have been positive. Actually, yeah. positive because while well, you're the best defensive first baseman. Like yeah, he had four war seasons last year. He's probably going to have another four war season. Um, he's fine. I have no, like I said, I have no complaints looking at his numbers now. Zero complaints about Christian Walker. He does seem like he's a little bit. Uh, I do think just not. Could start the whole lineup's in a funk. I think he could Whole start falling off as early as next year, although I don't think Walker's the type of guy that's going to just crater. 
he looks like a guy really who will age gracefully. In fact, maybe he's starting it now. There's obviously five four so. down the four, and then maybe four to three, then two. I think I think he'll age gracefully. I mean, look at I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, Goldie like he had similar similar skill sets there. Um, yeah, I think I think Walker will. I think what's going to will runs. Yeah, it seems the the power will probably drop off at a certain point. Uh, contact Walker like that. So at that point, Walker he won't has, be with the Dimebacks. Yeah, Walker's home runs are going to taper off, and I think he's going to reinvent himself as a doubles hitter. That yeah, that would really make sense because he still makes. Um, he's got. We're talking about a guy that might hit thirty homers and has a strikeout rate below twenty percent. How many guys do that? Not a whole lot. Not these days. Well, I wish I had my stat cat head subscription because I could just show that now. Oh, well. That's why you should please like and subscribe and comment and uh, donate to our Patreon so we can afford wonderful tools like StatCast and StatHead. StatHead. And StatCast is free. So we can afford all this stuff that uh, can make us uh, even more informed to help make you more informed. So hit that subscribe button, the like button, and leave a comment. That was a pre- that was a pretty good seg there. So yeah, so like I said, we're YouTube only, so we're just have to so today due to technical uh, difficulties on my end. But said subscribe, uh, hitting the subscribe button is the best thing you can do if you want to support the channel, as well as leaving a like. So that way, YouTube sees that people like this content, and then they want to share it with the rest of the world. Yes, please we'll share on your social media too. Next, right? Yep, we will. Oh, uh, yeah, bring more teams, but we cannot do. We cannot do. We can only compare D-backs videos. Yeah, yeah, I think that we're we're getting there. Um, so, but, you, you know, wanna, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mike McD MLB, and you can follow Wes at Fire Wesley. And then also, if you want to check out some of the written content that I do. Outside of the show, I write for Fan Nations Inside the Diamondbacks. You can go there at si.com slash MLB slash Diamondbacks. I work with uh, Jack Summers, and you want to check out that video where Jack talks about the trade deadline that we published over the weekend. We published on Monday, and then uh, we've onboarded a new writer recently. Jake Oliver is going to be writing with us as well. I don't know if we'll get him on the show at some point. Depends, but... uh, That's basically the gist of it all. So anyway, everyone, thanks everyone for watching. And nice thing about YouTube is you can watch this. You can always watch the replay after it has gone live. Please just share, like, subscribe, comment. We will be back uh, Monday, probably on Monday, Monday. Yeah. So we'll see you guys Monday. And you have a great day, Michael.